Uh, hello and welcome to the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Melancon from Debacle Records. And each week we pick a Rancid song and we talk about it and all our complicated feelings around Rancid. Um, this week was my pick and kind of swung for the fences to this week. And we are going to talk about Olympia, Washington. Hanging out with us down on 6th Street. He knew that I was in trouble. I was feeling much like the devil. There was something burning deep inside of me. Running the thing, but we got these girls to Okay, so Olympia was obviously on, and out come the wolves. Uh, August 95, songwriting credits, Tim and Lars. Um, all the same, out come the wolves stuff we talked about a hundred times. So, um, <laughs> this week I've been asking myself, so right off the bat, I'm going to just say this is probably a top five rancid song for me. Um, and I've been thinking about why. Because... On some level, this is a very by the numbers song. Like, yeah. there's, and, and, and for some, like, it's, I don't know, on the surface, it's really unremarkable. Yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I, I hesitate to say objectively because none of this is objective, but like, it is one of their best songs. And, and I think, and I think, as when you watch the live videos, I mean, I was watching a live video from it's like twenty twenty one, and everybody is just belting out the whole song thing, like I mean, perfect word for word. And and then I was thinking, I couldn't find it, and I, I'll admit I didn't look super hard, but like one of those sites, Stereo Gum or somebody, mm-hmm. um, did one of those. It was like a top ten rancid all of all time list, and mm-hmm. Olympia. This was number one. Oh yeah, which for oh th- that fits into some things I have thoughts about. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, so, um, so, I, th- so I I think that I mean for one part of why I think I love this song so much is just the, you know, the connection to Olympia. Which thinking of my early teen years when I was getting into punk, there was a heavy connection to Olympia because of Kill Rock Stars. And all that stuff. And, I mean, on that, like, and I don't know, I, I I, didn't find anything to confirm this, but isn't the rumor that the girl in the song is Toby Vale? I, yeah, I was going to ask you to clarify, because I always was trying to sort... I actually have some questions about this song in general that I've never, like, cleared up. Okay. I understand the feeling of this song very yes. deeply, and I yes. think that's where most of the why it's the so good love for the song is because the feeling <laughs> mm-hmm. that it's in, it's trying to get across i think comes across remarkably well for such an um obfuscated lyrics mm-hmm. right like it's it's very i mean we'll talk about it more i'm sure but i have a question about where is he in the moment of the song when he's singing is he in new, is he or, going to new york is he in new york he seems like he's on tour he seems like he's away from somebody that he connected with like it has such a specific yeah. feeling. Let me tell you if this is right for you. I don't think it matters whether or not he's like this is my girlfriend, or I, if I lived close to this person, they'd be my girlfriend, or I just love this person and right. want to be around them, whether or not they're my friend or my girl. Like it has that feeling where you're like, I don't really know what this is, but I met somebody and it was fleeting, and I wish I was back there because yes. this it, now it kind of feels shitty because. You kind of have a whole like that's a very like universal feeling mm-hmm. of like you just kind of connected with somebody and then had to leave, and and it isn't specific like it doesn't have that specificity of like I'm so in love. No, it, it's very yeah no I think I totally agree with that and I think that is I think like that like it's a very um, almost like ephemeral concept in a way like it's not it's you know most of songs in this i mean from rancid i mean they are more like this is i love this girl this is my girl like i don't feel like there's a lot of songs that kind of are in this zone of 
it's they're all on this record yeah that's true um the, and and it comes back to this thing of like this record stands alone as being Tim was feeling something right i mean you know the it's funny you know the lyrics are very kind of like you said like obfuscated and stuff but he also totally gives it away at the end it's a song about like not wanting to be lonely and feeling yeah. lonely and, it, and but like done in a really I, I think it's it's like weirdly it's weirdly specific but there's like a poignancy in that specificity and it feels so real and um it does really feel real it feels i mean it appeals to like i mean if you were a teenager yeah you know like there's a i have a lot to say about that this exact topic like well, i guess the place i would start unless you have somewhere else you'd want to start like um I sort of feel like this is the the ultimate version of why people like Tim's lyrics. Yes. Well, and it's it, it sort of to that um, concept. You know, we talked about in the Roots Radical episode how um, that's a lot of people think of it as like the quintessential rancid song. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like this song. This song, yeah. I think that this is like the quintessential and outcome the wolf yes. song in a weird way. Oh, uh, totally. Agree. And I think. I think as we're discovering or rediscovering, kind of, I knew it in my bones. Yeah. Like, it's like a kind of a fraught listen. Like, it's a, um, well, I have some feelings about like the tone of it. And like, it, anyways, but I think this, this is the perfect version of like, I'm just going to give you these little Polaroids of moments. They're going to add up to something that's 10 times more interesting than it should. Mm hmm. And I'm also this is also the litmus test for Tim, right? Because of the bad. Oh, right. You know, I mean, like, it's yeah. I was I was thinking about this this morning. How we've talked a lot, especially in the Ranso 2000 episodes and stuff about, uh, we, you know, where his enunciation on that record is so good, and you can tell he's like, like mm -hmm. this is, uh, like for like a perfect example is for years. I mean, until I don't know a few years ago, I thought he was saying these girls took us to the porn house. Yeah, I, I the funhouse for forever was confusing to me. Also, I'm always like, wait, is he? The Puerto Ricans are just a distraction, right? I don't know if I'm supposed to say it that way, but the three Puerto Ricans are are a distraction in the moment, right? Or are they the? Is it three Puerto Rican girls took them to the funhouse? But like, yeah, no, oh, no, I get okay. that. But like, I'm saying like, but that is in New York. Yeah, because there's also a funhouse venue with pinball in Seattle. Oh, okay. So, like, as he left Olympia, was he ah. in, headed to New York? Like, that's always been my question. And I feel like I would have had more people tell me, like, that as a fact. Like, oh, by the way, that's about the Funhouse. But, like, that was the punk venue for, like, since okay. the you know, That's one of the 90s punk venues. Was it on... So, I was always, like... Was it near 6th Street? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't even know. But, actually, it could be, because it's actually really close to 1st. Right. So, so I'd always imagine that they were this song was being sung in like they were in new york in new york city right and 52nd and broadway i'm assuming is in new york that seems very i mean there is there is broadway there's, in Capitol there's a broadway Hill in seattle, in seattle yeah. but like, i don't that's not there's no 52nd in right new york. so i don't know why i haven't looked this up before right but now i'm wondering now that you say the fun like the but there God. easily could be the fun house okay, at I'm, Coney Island, right? Well, I mean, a fun house, it could be a generic fun house, right? Yeah, exactly. But. And it could be a metaphor, too. Right, well, right. <laughs> Going to the fun house, you know? Uh, yeah, it's which is a whole different meaning than the porn house, let me tell you. Um, it, I mean, it's close. Right. Okay, let's see here. Well. I, yeah, I, so, there is a fun house still in Seattle, but I don't think this is. Yeah. Oh, it's still there. It's a different venue. Oh, okay. It's a different location. This is on East Lake. It's now like stuck inside of El Corazon, oh, which used yeah. to be called, you know what it is. Um, it was a thing back then. It was, um, yeah. Anyways, it's all the shitty punk venues that are like run by evil people. Um, <laughs> no, no worries. Not like I've been, you know, taken out back and told I have to pay more money. Um, <laughs> wow. Promoters are the worst human beings. Punk yes, are the this worst is human beings um, in the world. Yeah, not DIY, but I mean like established. Okay, punk. so hang on here. The fun house. So here's one. It says closed. 
This must be the old address. 206. Is it kind of down by the Seattle Center? Yep, 5th Avenue North. 5th? So, maybe hanging out Lars out on 6th Street is hanging out in Seattle. Like they had just been in Olympia and they're headed to New York? uh, This is kind of open up see this is always what i thought but i was like yeah. that's so like this is already about my area you know um and we'll get into this whole like olympia yeah. as a dream because i think we both had that sort of olympia as a unattainable yes thing even though i was closer right you know, but i was younger too so i had missed it and like anyways but like so yeah, i've always been like confused about the details of this now i'm so i'm looking at genius.com you know okay. the song meaning what yeah they they say that they're hang, Lars is he's hanging out with Lars in the East Village somewhere on East Sixth Street. I mean I don't know how the fuck they would know that you know, but anyway. And that's probably more right. You know what I mean? Like it's just like there's a nice narrative of like, you know, yeah. if Tim was hanging out somewhere, he probably was hanging out at the Funhouse. Like that was like right. the more like real street punky stuff was. So it was like, so my brain always yeah. was like. I don't know is that a thing is it not a thing you know it was funny yeah i mean it uh, could be you know i don't know i think i, I mean i don't know how much it matters either also but. like who cares it doesn't really right. change <laughs> right but it's interesting <laughs> but as okay. a kid you know like you know had been to a couple funhouse shows and like things like that you know or been around the funhouse and like whatnot like right. well, it was always there like when you went to like the science center it was across the street you know? there's always that thing uh and i've been actually joking about this on twitter with reserve with reservation dogs a lot where it's like when you hear something in a song or on reservation dogs when i see like a tulsa noise t-shirt or a kilt t-shirt i'm like oh my god i know that thing that like and, yes. and you're like that's me identity right yeah, yeah. and so you know that kind of thinking about that from so i mean it, that kind of goes more to the Olympia thing, especially like we were talking about, but hundred um, yeah. percent. But thinking about the Funhouse thing in Seattle, it's like okay, well that could be another, you know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've always, I've actually for a long, long time had kind of wrestled with: do I want to know? Do I not want to know? Yeah. I, I don't really understand the specifics of anything in this song. Basically, like I really don't know who he's talking about. I don't know if he's in love with this person or just like sometimes you have a really good hang with somebody, mm-hmm. and you're like god damn it like why am i you know and you know sometimes it's you know a little bit of like am i attracted to this person am i not attracted to this person was it just we were having a really good time like yeah it has that vibe to me whether or not it's that's what he meant like but like that seems to get across because it seems to cut through you know it's one of those things where a specific song seems universal Mm -hmm. because he's literally saying olympia washington right streets in in new york the streets in wherever he was and you know He's sitting in a plate like it's so specific. Right. You would think that that wouldn't come across, but I think if you ask the average ransom person, like, what's the song that cuts the deepest from just a loneliness point of view? Like, it's yeah, got to be this, right? Right. Like, well, and I, I mean, yeah, I think this is, it, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of. There's a couple other songs that come to mind too, but uh, we're not like it's like the peak of Tim's. Yeah. So, like it's and it. It's and it's a hard, you know. I mean, it's he doesn't hit these highs all the time because nobody can. But it's like it's one of those things where it tells. It's like, yeah, okay, he, you know. A lot of times, I feel like I, I'll hear some rancid thing or some, and it's like, did they just luck into this? <laughs> like the yeah. The, but, oh, I constantly think about. That. But then, <laughs> but then when I like like a song like this. I, I, it feels it's like no I think they have those moments in them I mean maybe you know who knows how it I think they were really in a magical moment in 93 to 97 I, yeah you know, I think in, so in writing in terms of writing. absolutely yeah 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 I think there was something really insane then they had to do something different for 2000 they got they really changed their writing style and then the problem has been since then like yeah the specificity of their emotional like where they're pulling from is very different than where earlier on and that's that's not unheard of but it's like yeah when you're kind of when you're kind of basing a lot of your feeling your history on these sort of youthful yearning right <laughs> i mean like at some point you get past that and also you get more centered and you know maybe a little bit more together or less together in the la era you know and um which i think is that. which is i think is a real uh, and um, and I'm not going to go down this road too much. I'm going to save it for whenever we get there. But I think, like, post-2000, 
they were in the weeds trying to figure out like 100%. and i think they kind of started to figure it out on troublemaker <laughs> and they kind of started to figure out like we're here it has a little bit more like they're talking about themselves well that and like they're talking about other things that aren't i mean like the civil war song or like bava rock and roll like those are songs that are about like these very like moments in history and stuff but they somehow make they always kind of they kind of lean anyways yeah anyway but i I, I, I think i'll get us to that soon anyway but um uh, (laughs) but yes i i agree i i whether or not the specifics are very easy to slice or, or like identify I think there's a thing that changes after Life Out Wait. Yes. In terms of the way they scope their songs and the way songwriting comes. This feels like it was pouring out of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think a lot, of, like we did, what did we do? We did Daily City Train? No. Uh, old Friend. Old Friend, yes. I always mix those two up. Uh, um, and it was very similar of like, God, they, this guy was just in his feelings yeah. in a way. And it turns this, so... I don't know if this is the right time to bring it up, but I I have a really, really, really strong feeling about the reason why this is sits in the, a reason why this sits in the canon where it does is because it comes after Time Bomb and before Listed MIA. Hmm. I think the fact that like this is the like no hold on you bought this record for Time Bomb yeah and then it gut punches you with that. And then listed MIA is sort of the other thing, the like, the like defiant Lars thing that's right. on this record a lot of the time, like right. the uh, what's the, the war's enemies, the war exactly. Yeah. You knew exactly where I yep. was going. Those are sort of the two vibes of the record, right? Yep. Besides the big pop songs, and like, I think there's something of like, it sneaks in as being this the song right after Time Bomb, and I think they that was really genius. You know what I mean? Like like to put it after their most up tempo. Right, um, or or at least bouncy, I guess would be the right thing to say. Um, crossover hit mm-hmm. they've had, and then it's like, boom! Like here's this. I mean, the other thing I I've been thinking about this week is like, if anybody ever in my life, I mean, I hate this sort of stuff. I don't interact with people like this, but I feel like there's probably people that are like, oh, listen to that emo shit, right? Listen to rancid. I'm like, this is prototypical. Well, Indie rock emo. Well, and I, to such a high degree. Right, and, like, and I, every time, and I'm totally with you. And I had like I always think about the that Lars quote. Well, the Rancid was just a real punk band that isn't doing this emo band. shit. It's like no, you made a Fugazi shit. Yeah, and then you join the band, and you guys make the mo- your biggest, most emo fucking teenage, record. Like man, like managing their teenage feelings. You know what I mean? Like I will say it's, though, it's a like it is a total like indie rock emo. I, I'm totally with you, but I do feel like, and this is at least with in some moments, and this song is particularly good at it, and I think Old Friend is really good at it. It's a little like it's not as on the nose, right? As some of what I think of, like. Well, that's what I think of as like I'm talking about like cursive and writing. Yeah. Okay. Right. (laughs) I'm not talking about promise ring and and or or even like later popular stuff. In my mind, I'm kind of thinking like Midwest emo. Yeah. Somebody they like this vibe is what people wanted from Bright Eyes. You know what I mean? Like this, like, and you know what? It's it's good, great. I like when they do this stuff you know well i I think that's when i mean tim especially is at his most likable is when he's showing this sort of like vulnerable soft side a hundred percent Stereogum or whatever it is, um, like paste or stereogum. I've, yeah, I've well, seen it too. Yeah. But like, if you were an indie rock guy who had listened to Rancid and went on with your life, <laughs> yeah, what one do you like come back to and have the most feelings for? It's got to be this one. Like, this is the template. You know what I mean? Yeah. For earnest, 
interesting. I mean, this is, you know, there's the band that a lot of people point to, you know, when I'm like, what what bands kind of took Rancid and did it some interesting things? And I think from this song, a lot of people talk about that. Oh, shit, I'm going to forget their name now. Uh-oh. There is like a kind of American, Americana punk rock crossover band kind of from the South. Oh my god, that I think is probably just fine. I have no what, idea. What are they called? I'm gonna bring them up and then I'm gonna forget them. <laughs> Anyways, I will figure it out in like two seconds. But um, Titus Andronicus. Oh, okay, there you go. Yes. Right. Uh, they kind of get get um, knocked for being kind or or get pigeonholed into being kind of like this rock and rolly like indie rock, but from kind of a rancidy rock and roll perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's that. Like, if you take if you take this song as the template yeah yeah that is taking rancid forward and it's like i think a lot of bands did that i think that's like a whole genre of music is the sort of like taking what's good about this song and then pulling it forward and i think that's an underrated part of rancid that kind of gets lost and it totally maps that oh you ask all the indie kids what is their favorite song it's gonna be this one yeah. right yeah no i think that's i yeah i think that's um i think that's spot on and i think that that uh yeah, and it's just it's one of those things where you know we we talk about a lot of you know how we want Rancid to experiment more and like when they push themselves like well mm-hmm. it can it can go really bad yeah, it can go wrong, right. but then there's like yeah. let me go you know which is just sort of this beacon of holy shit like this is what's possible, um, but a lot of their and I, you know when I think of my favorite Rancid songs they're very like th- again it's very by the number like this is a very straightforward rock and roll song right in, in, in sort of the like the structure it's very and like the, a b a b yeah, and it's got a but it's breaks. but it, it it's so well written like it's it's you know like like we were talking about they were they were just in this zone where it was like they were just shitting out Every diamonds song on this album, like, like i as much as we're like kind of like going hey the praise on this album has been well like everybody knows this album and we're kind of like investigating what are the other albums yeah. you know what i mean and this one wasn't my album as much but like my god every time i we do one of these songs from this album yeah i'm listening you know i end up listening to the album a little bit and it's like i don't know man like it's so perfect like it's so <laughs> It almost like stands I, a, away from their stuff too, because it, again, it's such a sad. Yeah, it doesn't. Kind of, it weirdly doesn't sound like the more I've listened to it. It's like I mean, it's like you hear elements of a lot of other stuff, but it really is its own thing. It is, and I don't think most. I think most people are probably like, what, what the fuck are you guys talking <laughs> about? But I get what you're talking. about. And, and but yeah like the the you take all nine records this one sounds quite different yeah and i think this may be the only record if i'm if i'm gonna sit and listen to like the whole thing i have no i i don't have any inclination at any point to skip a song oh yeah like even on that way on like life won't wait and two, like 2000 I, there's definitely a couple songs i skip and uh, <laughs> and and life won't wait. There's a couple, and you know, even like all of them. There are, and honestly, it's like I think a big part of that for me is there's no Matt songs on here. I was about to say that. Um, the only one I sometimes think about skipping, like uh, you know, my least favorite song. I, I don't want to. I want to. Well, anyway, it's. It, but yeah, I don't know. I think that there's. It's. It's just this moment where, and I think you know a lot of bands have that where it's just like the stars align and everything just kind of hits and like every because it's like the sequencing on this record is a work of art in its own i yeah we could talk about we could do a special episode uh, yeah all the chunks of this record and pick up. the like the production like i think the you know i it's mixed really well it's just yeah and it's yeah. Uh, uh, it's yeah as much as it's like the obvious answer often when it's like what's the rant you know the rancid it's it's like it kind of sometimes like cliches and stuff are that way for a reason (laughs) um and i and the more like every time like i'm the same way whenever we do it outcome the wolf song i kind of dig into the whole record again and it's like yeah shit (laughs) it's yeah it's like it's like so good that it's kind of hard to 
like we're 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 like digging into the other records a lot because it's like let's see different variations of the perfect thing. Yeah. Like, because it's almost hard to you know review a perfect thing. You know, it's like it's like yeah, that's incredible. You know, like and and I don't, I wonder if other people who got like what are the indestructible kids? I really wonder that. That's a really good question. That is a really. I would love to hear from people because yes, if you came in way like post two thousand, like like you might that might have been the first thing you listened to right after Indestructible. Like if you were kind of in that chunk, the L.A. era, yeah, and and then I, I, mean, I think they lived in L.A. at the time. I just think of that as the L.A. era, but um, and you came backwards and you were like, oh, there's this big um, tangled mess of a record which is like. Wait, and then you found this. What did it feel like to you? Did it just feel like good rancid, or did it feel like, oh, okay? Yeah, like oh, this is something. This is something special. Like this is a big. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Like that is a great question, um, because it's and because and, and it's interesting too. Because you know, I think about it from the opposite perspective. Because this is, I mean, let's go was the record I came in on, but this was this was my record for the longest time, 100%. and indestructible was there i was just that's where they lost me for the longest time and you know i've come back around to some stuff on the you know whatever but um it, it that's when it kept it really felt like they were trying to recapture like a magic that was gone instead of yeah. trying to find something else well here's here's a little bit of context that i think is worth thinking about because you were talking about like sometimes a band just hits it mm -hmm almost always that's the first or the second record yep. because the classic cliche of you have your whole life to write your first record and you have a year and a half to write your second right. record right like that's the joke yep. um and then some bands just nail it and a lot of times that first record is half there because they're mm -hmm. they've never been in the studio they've like and the second record's the one but this is the third record after they were been in four bands yeah <laughs> so like what the fuck yeah and and it's the record with the most pressure on them. Uh, it was like it was crowned a winner before it was done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they, Offspring happened. Epitaph's the biggest indie success of all time. They already had this momentum from Let's Go and the Madonna thing and all that. Exactly, shit. Let's Go and like well, and then the Madonna thing happens like in this chunk, right. right? Like yeah, like leading into this record, like early demos of this record, people were like falling over themselves to sign them. They knew it was going to be what, like the second highest selling record on Epitaph ever. You know, yep. like Green Day is happening, Offspring's happening, Salvation's already blowing up. It, the fact that they nailed it is so weird. Like, that's usually when you fall down. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's one of those things. And, and, and honestly, it's like maybe they are, you know, that pressure is what did it. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, Maybe like you know, you think about like to like I think about certain athletes or something. You know, you think about like I watch a lot of soccer, and there are players who are great players, but when they get to like the biggest stages, they choke. Yeah. But then there's the other ones who it's like uh, in a, a normal only will right on a normal yeah. game, it's like they're pretty good, but then like you put them in the f a final, and it's like holy shit, like what? And it's well, yeah. I mean, I live in. Yeah, well, right. Russell Wilson, who like he doesn't turn on until the fourth quarter, and then and then it has to be a nail biter. Yeah. There's no, there's a famous tweet that's like Seahawks played have never played a normal game. Like, <laughs> right. and then he left, and we're all very happy about it. But um, but like, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's that exact thing of like I need the I need to be the hero. I need the pressure. I need to like come in under the wire. Like, I wonder how much that's they they just happen to not wilt in that moment. They were just like fuck you, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it is remarkable to think, with all of that going on, they made they pulled this record. They made this record, and it's and then uh, and then they went on the run of yeah. I mean, again, I think we need to think of, like we think of two thousand being separate, but these are like two or three years apart each. So it's like you went on from an outcome the wolves to life won't wait to two thousand rancid two thousand. And if, which are all three could be the best one they've ever done yeah. easily i think agreed They're just so different right you know and like like those are the three like i mean the, like I, oh yeah by far uh, there nothing touches no those. uh yeah it's um it, it is wild it is. it is very wild and it and i like i think a lot of why this record works again is because and why i think this hagiography hey of like 
I love Tim. Like, people really identify with, like, the members of this band and almost like a Beatles. Like, I'm a Lars guy. I'm a Tim yep. guy. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think it's because you just feel them come through this record. Mm-hmm. Like, you just... And if you were a teenager or a young adult, like, this really... Which is weird, because these guys were, like, 30 or whatever. Right. But, like, uh, I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign. Again, like, like I think there's an arrested development element yeah. to Tim in certain ways. And... um. Like, I, it is so perfect for you, you know what I mean? Because it comes across so hardcore. Like, it just feels, you just have feelings, man. I know. Like, and it, it's just, it's just wonderful. And, and, and I think maybe the youthfulness is why it doesn't, like, connect with me. Why I'm like, oh, maybe Life on Wait is kind of where I really live or, or mm-hmm. 2000. Is because, like, this to me mostly makes me feel like I'm 15. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And so, like, I, there's a, a little bit of, like, distance there it feels a little bit more like a memory and less like oh i'm just gonna listen to the song it's gonna rip like i have to go through like all these feelings when i listen to this i have to think about sarah and i have to think about yep. these people in my life and i have to think about where i was and like yeah yeah I, no 100 well, i mean we were talking a lot so far but i do want you to give me a little bit of context we've hinted a little bit about olympia and like what it means but i feel like you got a lot of thoughts there like yeah if, i mean it's so it's like, yeah, I mean, Kill, I, I've said this before, like Kill Rockstars was a massive, massive kind of gateway drug for me. Um, and, and, and that all honestly was born out of Nirvana. So mm-hmm. um, I think I talked about this. I read like this Nirvana biography in 92 or three, whatever. I don't remember when it was, but it was very early on. And it talked about Toby Vale and it talked about, and that kind of, I was, it talked about kill rock stars, I think, and Olympia and all that stuff. And for me, who I was like 13 or 14 at the time, uh, I was like, Ooh, what's this? You know? And then at the same time, I was also, that was in my trying to, be a skater phase i was fucking terrible and never good at skateboarding but um whatever but so i had i would get like thrasher magazines and there would be i can't remember now who what the company what what the record store was but there was a like a west coast record store had like a catalog in every and and i so i'd read this book i got thrasher magazine and i'm looking through i see this catalog and then i see kill rock stars and like oh and so i sent i had my dad like write a check the most punk rock thing ever (laughs) and sent off and got the first kill rock stars compilation i think the bikini kill that first ep and i don't remember the third record i wanted to say it's an unwound record but i don't think unwound had a record out by then but maybe they did and i mean you're just like your credit is just Well, and and the thing is, is like, so I didn't know anything about anything. Like, and and part of the, my interest in it was because it was called Kill Rock Stars. And that sounded so cool. And I remember in eighth grade, or no, it was, yeah, it must have been eighth grade. So it was the election. It was, so it was the, it was, that would have been, okay, eighth grade would have been 92. So this was a little earlier, I think, because it was 92 election where Clinton beat uh, Bush. And I, in eighth grade, I was in a civics class. So like the whole first semester was, we were doing election stuff. And at at this point, you know, Nirvana broke when I was in sixth grade. And so that was very influential in me. Like Kurt Cobain's very progressive politics and ideas were very influential on me. Like I remember taking a Sharpie on a white shirt and writing God is gay and wearing it to school and getting so much shit and getting sent home because of Kurt Cobain. So this first election that this is the first one that I'm really paying attention to, you know, I'm of an age where it seems like a thing that matters and I fucking hated George Bush and I fucking hated the Republicans and <laughs> continues to this day. Um, but I remember writing in people's yearbooks is me and one of my, my friend who my friend, Matt, who I don't know what happened to him. I haven't talked to him in 30 years, but we, we would write KGB all over everything, which was kill George Bush. Cause we thought we were fucking cool. Right. <laughs> and so then though, it turns out there's this thing called kill rock stars. And it's like, you know, and it's, and 
you know, even though Nirvana were the biggest rock stars, they fucking hated it. And they hated, you know, they were like the anti-rock stars. Mm. Yep. And so it just, on this very visceral, like intrinsic level, it was like, I knew like, this is my, this is, I found it. I found my fucking thing. And, and so I remember getting that first Kill Rockstars compilation and it was, I mean, it, it completely changed everything. Like, it was just like, oh my God, like there's, you know, and then and that Bikini Kill EP too. I mean, it was just like, holy shit, there's, you know, um, and like that, like everything that I've done since with record labels, with music sites, with making my, like, it, I can trace it back like to that moment. And so then for me, like going further, like I shortly after started my first zine and one of the things, one of the very first interviews I ever did for my zine was with Maggie Vale. Cause she ran the mail order department at kill Ro- or worked in the mail order department at kill rock stars. And at this point I was ordering shitloads of records from them directly. <laughs> and, and like we would send each other nice notes. Like when I'd send an order, I'd be like, Hey Maggie, you know, and, and she, and so somehow like, she was in a band and I was like, Hey, we should do an interview like for my zine. And so she did. And like, I like, she's like, Oh yeah, here's the office phone number. Like call me sometime between this. And it was, so that became then this like really like real connection to Olympia. It was like, Oh man, this is where all the coolest shit in the whole world. Like the coolest, realest shit is in Olympia, Washington. And so, and, keep in mind this was like 93 nine, this was pre outcome the wolves and so then down and i'm a little more jaded by the time in 95 you know i'm 16 now right when this comes out so but still so old, old fuck jaded. yeah you know i've been around the block a few times but then it comes so this the album comes out in this song so first of all it's called it's you know called olympia and i'm like oh cool and then but that feeling that we've talked about that yeah there's it's sort of it's it's kind of longing but kind of not because i i agree that i don't think like i mean you can read a romantic thing into it but i don't really think it's there and i think that's what is really gets me about this like it's just yes and that feeling of i'm really missing this person or maybe this place even though i don't really know maybe why or what exactly it is but i can just feel it like that just all of those things kind of came together and it was like oh man this song is like this is <laughs> and so um so i mean yeah the, i mean to me and i olympia was like always like the you know it's funny we're on a branded podcast so like the east bay was a big but like for me like olympia was the realest fucking place that's where all the real shit was was in olympia washington and and i was always more like i i love rancid and rancid became one of my it's like you know one of my favorite bands of all time but pacific northwest punk rock and weird shit from that was that was where it was for me um and so and that somehow and it's what you know and somehow that like is all distilled into this three minutes like verse chorus verse chorus very weird yeah (laughs) It's very wild, yeah. uh, and then well, and then you add in the thing that supposedly, like again, that the you know the girl in the song is Toby Vale, and like, yeah. and and I don't know if that's well, true, but we it, didn't even talk about like that. Was it the first comp or the second? It was like Rockstar. The third one that has Brixton, yeah, Rancid's on it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, Rancid's on that, and like I always think about this song and that comp, mm-hmm. and sort of like there was a moment in time where like Beastie Boys were best friends with Rancid, and and. The, you know, the Kill Rock Stars people love Rancid, and like, there was a time before they did the like closing off, yeah, the, like street punk LA. I wear my, you know, like where they were more world. There was this moment where it was all kind of worldly, and it was a little bit more like, oh, you could just be kind of the punkier version of like all of this stuff, yeah. And 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 that the promise of that is another one of those myths. You know, I spend a lot of time being like, I wish Rancid was something else, which is, you know, again, I, I, I think about how it's unfair, but it is true. You know, like, I wish they made more, you know, let me go. I wish all these things, sure. I wish, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think one of those things is like, I there's a sliding doors moment where they like learn the right lessons. 
from these other scenes yeah when there was less scene like separation than there was is you know like pretty quickly like 96 97 already everything's like the difference between the people who would be stoked about a k records comp and a people who would what the hell would yeah exactly couldn't be more different you know they're just sneering at each other you know and i you know i think about that now i think about like how in like 2001 or whatever like there'd be like white stripes black dice animal collective wolf eye shows you know, right in the south right you know what i mean and it's like that you know makes me sad like i yeah. want more of that sort of stuff right like totally more accepting of like different vibes meshing and all that stuff and uh but yeah with this record like i think of this song a lot and then i think of the comp and i go man there was just a moment yep. where they would lo- go learn a little bit more from the indie diy and less from the California punk rock, street punk, pretending to be British punks in the 70s, you know. And and again, like, I, that's fully going like, hey, Lars, don't be Lars. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's not fair. Right, right. Like, but I, I mean, understand. Fuck like, these yeah. guys. But like, you know, they, they get to have their own lives, you know. Like, they don't have to be what I want them to be. But like, yeah, there's, there's a really, really, like, solid, like, I... Uh, there's a there's a split that could have happened that I would I really kind of wonder what that there, there's like another there's another um, universe like out dimension. there yeah, yeah where yeah, yeah. Rancid is like that band that is the they're they're kind of like the harder core version of those bands that's a little bit more street but very like accepting and right accepting, and everybody accepted. is you know yeah like I, I can't I can't think of who I'm but I mean some of this has to do with like fuck all these indie kids thinking that ska sucks you know what i mean like like it's it's all the same thing like it true. goes both ways right absolutely like, that's like true. let tim be tim you know what i mean like tim made some really sweet fucking ska songs you know what i mean like yeah it's all bad you know, like every end of this is bad you know so like i don't it's not like that would have been objectively better it's just i wish there was a little bit more melding you know what i mean absolutely and and, and forgiveness in both directions for like oh that's that's cool i like that style and i you know like Listen to uptones like you kind of had that vibe last time where we were talking about the uptones oh, man. And like right where like they kind of sound like college rock and they kind of had these ska moments and they kind of had these punk rock you know hardcore gilman moments and what a great combo you know right. I mean? and it's like i wanted that i see that in this little era too you know and i i just wish that you know i wish people were a little less tribal you know yeah and, and i think nowadays they are honestly i think a lot of that has to do with 15 dollars cds right to be honest I, I, yeah i think I think people are way, at least when it comes to, you know, this kind of stuff, obviously, and our politics and other aspects of our society, the tribalism is to other extremes. Yeah, but, about yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I t- I'm totally with you on all that. Um, yeah. Oh, and I think both the solos are Lars for. Oh, yeah. So that was my only, like, le- leftover thing. It's like, who's the only that- solo? I had a little bit of a feeling of the first solo is more janky. So I was like, is this like Tim and then Lars? That that outro one is for sure. Tim. So it's like, it's got to be Lars, right? I mean, yeah. I, and, and I'm just, I'm basing this entirely on like the live performances. I was going to say, you've watched them live, but then what does that mean? Well, right. I mean, but you know, on the, so on a lot of them, you can, you hear both part, like you hear that opening, the solo part and you hear the chords underneath and like, and it's obvious Lars is playing the solo, but Tim's actually playing <laughs> and you can hear it. So that's, and then it stops when the singing, you know, and he's doing his like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I think they're both Lars, but I don't, but I mean, I this song Lars. is in, I think every show Rancid plays at this point, this is in the set list. Yeah. I don't think they can take, and it's and they can still like i was watching stuff from 21 and they still sound good doing it and like tim does this thing now like where it's like i think it's in the second verse is this the one that he does the whole it's a story no 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 no, that's, no, 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 no. that's um but you know what i'm talking about yeah he no does, like I'm, he explains it to everybody yeah no I, <laughs> <laughs> this is the one where like so he's often wearing like a hat in yes. live uh, and he's now, you know, the beard. God, the beard is it's God, the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean beard. beard. Yeah. Um, but he, like, in the second verse, he'll take the hat off and, like, hold it to his chest. Like, and get it. <laughs> it's, like, really, it's weirdly endearing to me. Does he do it multiple times? Like, it's his movie? Yeah, like, I've seen it on multiple performances. Oh, that's amazing. It, it's, <laughs> and it's, you know, that's, like, the lyrics where it's, like, it's kind of the most emo vert. You know, I'm having a hard time understanding. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just, like, uh, it's, it's 
I find it really sweet. <laughs> uh, no, totally. I'm I'm into it. It just makes me. I love that he's gotten. You know, and then the you know. the other weird thing before we get out of this because I can talk about the song for like the. I was gonna say, don't worry. It's a it's a short episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, they're all like forty minutes now. But anyway, um, the other weird thing is there's all these like singer songwriter mostly women who cover this song it's very oh i could see that being like a youtube cover thing yeah i think i think it's on some albums honestly i don't oh really okay so like like you're saying like yeah like people who have actual music careers i think like not anybody i've like i've necessarily heard of but you know i mean there's plenty of people out there and scenes that i don't know of them making it i wonder if they like license it more openly or something Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird, I, and you know, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, I'm. I can see that. I wonder. I almost can't comprehend what a like clean version of these. Oh, I'll have to. I'll send you a link to. One. There's this one woman who there's like f- tons of videos of her doing it like live and um, like at actual <laughs> shows. And I mean, and it's like it's not. It's fine. Like she's got a really nice voice, and it like it it totally works. But it's it's just I thought it was interesting. So. I can't remember I her name. This is. is another. I think that's just another check in the column of like, this is an effective yeah. song that if you were a young person and ended up in a lot of probably different careers like country and all these things like yeah, I could see you going like, oh, that's the song I want to cover. That's the song that means. It's a little weirder when it's someone other than Tim singing like hanging out with Lars down Sixth Street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, this is the weird thing of how it's so specific, right? Right. right. Like that's, it's so about Tim, but it's also it's so also universal. The most universal song they wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like that. That I don't know that what this like the basic vibe is like almost like I don't know what this feeling is. Yeah, you know, it's like that itchy sort of teenage. I don't know what I want, you know, like, sort of thing, you know, like, but I want to be more comfortable right. than I am now, you know, like <laughs> that's like the basic vibe. I remember it well. Yeah, you know? and uh, and so yeah, it is so weird that it's like the most specific song he's maybe ever written, but also by it seems like all evidence like the most universally like yeah. I know this feeling. I know this feeling. Well, and, and I think too, like all these random covers, it goes to show just how well he captured that where it's a really hard thing to capture it this well, right? Like that feeling. And hundred um, yeah. percent. And so it's like, yeah, okay. I'm some random person in my twenties singing, hanging out with Lars who, you know, who the fuck, who, you know, most people are like, who the fuck's Lars? <laughs> but, <laughs> but people also know like, Oh yeah, you're hanging with your friend and you feel this. It's yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, I think we've probably talked, I'll stop. Cause I could talk. I love this song. I love this song so much. Like catch me on the right day. And this is my favorite rancid song of all time, but it, makes, um, it totally makes so. And it's great. Yeah. I love it. So, um, okay. So uh, you may have foreshadowed this, but what are we, what are we doing next week? I, not to get, make this episode longer, I am so lost on what to pick. So oh, okay. I was like, I feel like we've been doing a lot of either weird things or early things. Um, so my brain was like, okay, this has to be post-2000. Like, whatever this week, it's time to do a post-2000. Okay. And I I went a lot of different directions in that for a minute. Then, now I'm lost, and I need you to help me. Okay. Okay? <laughs> okay. I want to do one of the first five tracks on Troublemaker. Okay. Which one would you like to do the most? I actually have a weird pick that I think is like, yeah, it probably is a better one. Which one would you Let me, hang on. I got to remember the first five. I've got, uh, okay. Track I think you have opinions on all five. Oh. Right? And the, I, the secret is, okay. okay I want to hear what you say. So the, one, I, like, Telegraph got, Avenue. Oh, Jesus. Really? That was the. That's like the worst one in my mind. Well, there's, I, I, I'm not saying it's my favorite. I'm, I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It's, okay, let's do Telegraph. It's a good start to dip. Uh, we need to dip our toe into this record and start talking about it. Yeah, I'm curious. Okay, I think there's something about all these first. There's something about the first five. Talking about their sequencing, right? I think there's something about these first five. Yeah. I, what's weird? Do you want to just do all five of them? Shit. No, that's too it's much. Too much. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we should do a little bit of a run, though. Like, maybe we'll do the next two or within these or something like that. Because I got a lot of feelings about this. So what's weird is the one I kind of want to do, but is the most light, is I think Where I'm Going is great. Oh, God, Where I'm Going is great, yeah. Oh, I, But it's, uh, it's I don't know. I, I Telegraph Avenue is actually a pretty good uh, way to ta- start talking about this record. Because there's, like, 
lots of good and lots of like almost good about it right the, like if that makes sense there's yeah there's yeah it's not anywhere close to my favorite song on the record but i think it's it's weirdly kind of like micro- of the record. Uh, it is yeah because it's like yeah, yeah it's yeah. got the best parts but it's also got some of the misses but i think there's kind of like this era rancid in a bottle you know a little bit so it's a good one okay telegraph okay and also i'd kind of tell people to book club the first this record a little bit yeah and those these first five like if you're thinking about and you haven't like really checked in on this record especially these first five and then just this record in general because i think we'll probably kind of talk about the record a little bit if we're gonna dip into yeah i mean i think usually whenever we cover a record for the first time we end up going off on and and it's 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 a record I've listened to a lot in the last few months, just because I had ne- I'd listened to it maybe once or twice. I'd never listened to it. That yeah, heavily. and yeah, then exactly. and then as I listened, it was and I realized like, oh, there's like, there's something like there are moments here. There's legit rancid. Yeah, and it was like, it's like legitimately. Solid. And it was yeah. exciting because it was like, oh my god, a new rancid record. And so I had a moment with it where I thought it was better than it maybe is, just because I got excited. Um, but I think yeah, there's, exactly. but I think there's th- that there is something to that feeling, and it's a hopeful thing, and we'll talk about it more next week. <laughs> got it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, bearing with us on this extra long episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, as always, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rancid Pod. Let us let us know what you think, and especially if you got into Rancid like disgruntled era, like or not, fuck. In, I always want to call it disgruntled, indestructible era. Like that was your thing. I really, we really want to know what your impression of the outcome rules is. So, um, otherwise, we will see you in the pit. See you, Sam. Bye.